Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray, even right now. And as we take a look at these thoughts on the Gospels, we finalize this series, I pray that you would initiate a shift in our culture. As we have been intentional, Lord, to follow your mandate to establish night and day prayer, now I pray, shift our culture and add to night and day prayer a lifestyle of proclamation. So God, we, we put our hearts before you. We put our lives before you. And I thank you for this hour, what you're doing. And I believe that the the message of mission and prayer together, prayer and mission together, is what you're calling the church to, calling us to as a spiritual family. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Rest here. Help me to, to, to speak as an oracle, and I pray, come, hold, hold my hand. Stand with me, Lord, I ask. Good, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen, good. So I wanted to give an outline this morning because I just wanted to put together uh, a few of the key thoughts uh, that we've gone over the last uh, six weeks. And I wanted to put them together for us because I wanted to mark uh, this series. And I made it as simple as I could. I mean, one page, front and back, you know, you can easily stash that away. I'm not going to go incredibly deep. But what I wanted to do was sort of mark this series as a, as a turn signal for the culture in our community. And we've been talking about the gospel uh, in detail the last uh, month and a half. And so now uh, there comes a place where we got to say, okay, this is what we're going to be like. This is what we're going to be like moving forward. Um, I don't know how you all feel, but I know there's something in my heart that we've got to move beyond sort of hearing messages and hearing series and going, oh, wasn't that a nice message, a nice word, and then just moving on to the next one and then just moving on to the next one without there actually being real lifestyle application. Do you feel that way? I I know I do. I mean, I have heard quite enough messages. I've preached quite enough messages. I want to actually live this stuff out. I actually want to do this stuff. We have got more theory, more thoughts about how to do Christianity and different lists and five keys to this and ten steps to that. Man, if if we could remember all those, we would be amazing, you know, all the five steps and ten keys. I just, here's what's burning in my heart. I just want to boil the thing down to the most simple expressions of what the New Testament church looked like and actually live them out in a 21st century context. I want to live that historic faith that Jesus died to purchase and that we saw lived out in the the apostles' life in in, in part. I want to actually walk that out. I actually want to do this thing. You know, we we call it being a doer of the word and, and not a hearer only, and I appreciate that emphasis, but even that can be cliche. And so I want to... Mark uh, this series by giving a little handout because I want it to, to be a turn signal to us of a shift in our culture. Now, up to this point, we have been a missions base primarily focused on building night and day prayer and utilizing uh, departments, uh, departments, departments and outreaches uh, for the purpose of building prayer. Now, that's awesome as long as that's your mandate. And I would, anybody that's listening by podcast, I, I would say if your mandate is to build night and day prayer, then that's a great way to do it. Only do those things that build prayer. And we've been very focused that way for, for seven years. And I felt like very strongly that the Lord encouraged my heart when I was overseas, when I was in China in March that he wanted to add some things to us as a community. Uh, and, and this issue of the preaching of the gospel uh, is a key that I believe the Lord wants to add to this community. 
And he started giving me vision of what it would look like to have a community based in night and day prayer that continuously lives a lifestyle of, of proclaiming the gospel. And beloved, I believe the sky is the limit if we will actually engage uh, in these ideas. There, there comes a time when it has to move from you know, hearing it and amening the message and feeling moved on Sunday to actually we walk this thing out and it becomes a lifestyle for us Monday through Saturday. Come on now. Don't leave me hanging. All right, so that's where we're at. And, and so I want to, I, I'm asking us, here's where I'm going with this. I'm asking us to all get to this place of saying, I agree that uh, living a culture of prayer and a lifestyle of proclamation is, is you know, what God wants and, and, and that I will intentionally step that direction. And, and that means adding the, the, the preaching of the word, the preaching of the gospel uh, into your life as something you intentionally do. Now, I'm going to spell that out in just a minute, um, what that may look like. But I'm asking everybody that's a part of this community to, to jump in uh, with both feet. And I know it can be a little freaky, like, oh my goodness, what are we, I'm going to be sharing my faith all the time. Yes, we want to share our faith all the time. That's what we want to be like. We want to be ones who live not just in a culture of prayer, but a lifestyle of proclamation. Lifestyle of proclamation. Amen. So that's where we're heading. All right, so right here in your outline, I put all the scriptures right there. We might turn to some others. But right there, I want to just take us through once again some of the foundational thoughts. Now, if you weren't here for the whole series, it's all online. You can listen to all of it. And, and I, I mean, really, I took a lot of time and went through lots of thoughts on the gospel uh, from the scriptures. But uh, let's just work through this outline a little bit, and then uh, I'll, give, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks a little bit more about what it might look like to live a lifestyle of proclamation for us. Okay, Romans 1.16, right there at the top of your page. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. We talked early in the series about how the gospel is the issue. And so often what we've done is we focus on our method or our tool on how to do the gospel, how to share the gospel, and, and what I think it's ended up doing because we've emphasized sort of the tool or the method We've, we've ended up a bit paralyzed uh, and not actually continually sharing our faith. The, the, uh, the model in the scripture of how the gospel went forth in, in sort of you know, viral power where it just spread like wildfire, fire, the, the model wasn't primarily large evangelistic services or even continuous you know, evangelistic services with lots of people. The way that the gospel spread like fire in the scripture was through one-on-one people sharing the gospel with other people. That's the key way that we see it. We see Jesus commissioning the disciples. They went out two by two. And then what we see is when the persecution hit the early church, that those that were a part of the early church, all the, all the regular believers, they were scattered The apostles stayed in Jerusalem. The regular believers were scattered. And Acts chapter 8 says, all those that were scattered went preaching the gospel. Just the regular guys. And it was at the hands of the regular guys that revival began to spark. And we end up seeing that the, the revival center of the New Testament, it moves from Jerusalem to Antioch, not because any of the apostles, but because of the believers, just the believers sharing their faith wherever they went. Until this, that Paul and Barnabas, when they heard about what was going on at Antioch, this fire was burning without them. They went and found out what was going on, and they said, hey, we got to jump in on this. But it was, it was just the regular Christians, just average believers, sharing their faith continually. Beloved, can you imagine what it would look like if every person who calls themselves a believer in Jesus, in let's just take the United States, 
What if every believer in the United States today made a decision, I'm going to share my faith regularly. I'm going to share the gospel with the lost regularly. We would have hundreds of millions of people sharing the gospel. The entire nation would hear the gospel multiple times a year by the hands of just one-on-one sharing. What if believers actually did this? This is the model. This is it. It's not trying to like trick the lost in and we're going to have the best, you know, MTV style drama thing and it's going to be crazy and wild and you sort of, you know, try to get your lost friend to come and whoa, it's going to be, you know, amazing. And, and then they come in and they go, oh, this is about Jesus or, you know, I, I mean, that actually works sometimes, but that's not actually the model. The model is you and I, regular people, sharing the gospel. Why? Because the gospel itself is the power of God unto salvation. It is the smart bomb. It is what pierces the heart. It doesn't matter if the person is wealthy or poor, tall or short. It doesn't matter who they are, happy or sad, glad or mad. It doesn't matter what walk of life they're in. It doesn't matter how deep in sin they are or how righteous they think they are, what false religion they believe. None of that matters. There's one thing that has the power of God attached to it to convict and convert their soul. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. And when the lost hear that thing, boom, something happens in their heart. And so this is what we get to engage with. We get to engage with God's simple plan to bring the offer of free forgiveness and salvation to the world, we get to engage with it by being the ones that God uses. That is fun. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. You know, I've always wanted to play in the game. I didn't want to just show up at the game. Amen. You know, there's a point where you actually want to shoot the ball, not just watch everybody else shoot the ball. And who cares if you shoot the ball badly? At least you got out there and shot it. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could be, you know, completely inept athletically. You shoot the ball enough, guess what? One of them's going to go in eventually. It's okay to make a bunch of misses before you make it. You get to get in the game. And if you never shoot, you never make a basket. I mean, I want to get in the game. And I want to get in the game in the gospel. I want to get in the game with the Lord and, and actually engage in this stuff. He, he loaded a gun and said, hey, this is the power of God to salvation. If you want to see people born into the kingdom, shoot this gun. Now, I love this idea that I can share something that is God's power to convict and convert the soul, the gospel of Jesus. Now, B, right there, this is the thing that makes it so wonderful. I don't have to guilt trip you into this or make you feel ashamed if it doesn't, you know, sort of go that way, you know, go as planned or whatever. Here's why. If you share the gospel, the onus of the effectiveness of of how this thing works, it's not on you, it's on God. It's on God. If you'll share the gospel, it's his power unto salvation. All you've got to do is pull the trigger and then let the Lord figure out how he applies that power unto salvation in that person's life. This is not about how good you can say it, how slick you are, whether or not you're a good conversationalist or can build a bridge. We've talked about that in different evangelism methods. They teach you to sort of, you know, start a conversation and then find some kind of common ground with you and the person. And then, you know, in between that common ground, what you do is you, you build a bridge over to spiritual matters. I look back at my life most of the time and trying to find the common ground. And then, you know, I, I, I get conversational, I find the common ground, and I get stuck. I have no idea what the bridge can be. I'm just not smart enough. So I've just made up my own bridge. My own bridge is, have you heard the gospel? That gets me there every time. It's not as subtle. You know, it's not as subtle, but I'm there. And at least from have you heard the gospel, I get to share the gospel. I want to be relational. I want to be friendly. I want to be caring for the people's heart. I I do care, and that's why I want to share the gospel. 
But ultimately, if I just build a friendship with somebody and never share the gospel in hopes they sort of get my Christianity through osmosis, that's, that's fantasy. That's fantasy. And I've spent, I've spent a long time trying to build the relationship and trying to, relationship, trying to find the smooth way in and never getting in. I mean, I've got a few testimonies where, man, it worked, you know, just like that. I built the relationship. It was nice, easy flow, and something fell in my lap, and then I was able to talk to him about Jesus. But most of the time, I'm trying to, you know, when you're in that mode, you're trying to not sort of, you know, show them all your cards because you're afraid you're going to freak them out if you're too bold with it. Ah. Let's just give them the power of God to salvation. Let's just love them enough to give them the power of God to salvation not in a judgmental or mean way, but let's just go ahead and hop on over the bridge. My bridge has become, I'll say, here's my bridge. My bridge is, do you go to church? Usually that's my bridge. And then, have you heard the gospel? So there's my bridge. Do you go to church? It gets me there. It gets me there. And, And from there, I've been able to share the gospel with a lot of people these last several months. Here's the beauty of it. The effectiveness of what happens with that person's heart, it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. You share the gospel with somebody and they don't get visibly convicted or whatever. You don't walk away and go, oh, I must have messed up. I didn't do it right. I didn't pray enough. I, you know, I didn't say it the right way. Don't worry about any of that. The, the effectiveness of the gospel is it's the Lord's responsibility. It's the Lord's responsibility. You share it and let God do what he wants to do. And I've shared this before, but this is the point. When you share it, You share with them the gospel. It's the power of God, the dunamis, the explosion power of God to convict and convert them. You share it, and guess what? The Lord decides when to press the detonator. He might press it while you're talking. Boom! And they're like weeping and convicted and praise God. He might press it that night when they're in bed. They might be in bed going, that was so stupid what that guy said. Boom! I need Jesus. Who knows how this is going to work? It could be three years later. It could be. They get in a crisis. They get in a tough situation. And then all of a sudden they go, what was that thing that guy was saying to me? I got to give my life to Jesus. You know, it'll come back to them. The Holy Spirit will bring back to the remembrance the details that they have to know. The Lord is the one that decides when to press the detonator. So all we've got to do is share the truth of the gospel in love Share the truth of the gospel. It helps if we can do it clearly. But share it with them and then let the Lord figure out when he wants to press the detonator and then he can blow the people up whenever he wants. Amen. And so 1 Corinthians 3, it says it like that. This is Paul speaking. Verse 6, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. Talking about the gospel. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters, we're one. We're on the same team. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. The point is this. Sometimes you're sharing the seed of the gospel for the very first time in somebody's life. Sometimes you're sharing the gospel and they've heard it before, and that's watering that seed. But ultimately, the effectiveness and the growth of that seed is of the Lord, and here's, so then nobody can brag. If you get to reap somebody's salvation, you get to pray with them, praise God, there's probably been a planter and a waterer several times before you got there to harvest. God's the one that brought the increase. We're all on the same team together. You know, I'm sort of, you know, in a sneaky way, I'm kind of I'm hoping that our community gets so, you know, kind of, just filled with sharing the gospel that, you know, one day, you know, somebody over here is sharing the gospel with person A out there, and then two weeks later, that same person is getting the gospel shared with them by somebody over here. And they're like, man, what is going on? Every, you know, you know how it is. Two or three people say the same thing to you, and you think, everybody's saying this. And so in a sneaky way, I'm going, we're just going to hit the same people by five and six times, and they're going to be thinking, man, this is what the world is turning into. Everybody's got to get saved. It's just going <laughs> to... Shift them. But I love that. One plants, one waters. God brings the increase. This is our portion. We get to do this. This is fun. God blows people up as we give them the smart bomb of the gospel. This is, this is a great time. 
And the effectiveness of this thing is upon God, not on us. I remember as a young man sharing the gospel, and if certain people didn't get convicted the way I thought they should or didn't get saved, I thought I'd done something wrong. I thought, well, if I would have just said it better. Oh, if I would have just this and that. Look, just share the gospel. Care for the person's heart enough to share the gospel with them in love and let the Lord figure it out. Let the Lord figure it out. I told the testimony of a friend of mine who met the young man who was a witch and in the bookstore, and he prayed for him. He shared the gospel with him. It seemed like nothing happened. My friend walked away, and the young man ended up shaking under the power of God and falling to his knees and giving his life to Jesus right there in the, the bookstore aisle. And it wasn't a, a year later till my friend found out that that young man had, you know, had actually gotten saved. The Lord blew him up when the Lord wanted to. Boom. I love that. We share the gospel, and it's, it's like putting a bomb, a, a spiritual bomb in that person's heart. Now, here's the thing that you're going to be confident about. Colossians 1.5. If we share the gospel, it will bear fruit. The nature of the gospel is to bear fruit. That's what the nature of it is. Look at this. Paul speaking again. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, and here's what he says about it, which has come to you as it has in also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God and truth. The nature of the gospel is to bear fruit. Think about that for a minute because that encourages you and emboldens you that if you'll just share this thing, it has that power on it. It has that fruit-bearing power on it to touch, convict, and convert this person. If we will engage in sharing the gospel from a culture of prayer, we, in, we add a lifestyle of proclamation. This thing is going to bear fruit. Now, I, I believe this, and I'll just take a parenthesis for a moment. And just I believe that our county is ripe for a move of the Spirit of God. I really do. I've shared the gospel with I don't know how many people, a bunch of people in the last three months. I mean, just a bunch. I, I don't know the number. And I've yet to have one person get mad at me, you know, shut me down, even have a cross word toward me. It's, it's actually kind of surprising. It's very surprising to me. You'd think if you're, you know, continually sharing the gospel, you're going to find somebody that's like, hey, just shut up. I'm not into that. And I've probably shared the gospel with, I don't know, 20, 25 people in, in the last few months. I haven't had one of them sort of like tell me, get out, of your, get out of my face. In fact, it's been the exact opposite. I've had them thank me. I've had them say, man, that was so good. Thank you for sharing that. Man, I needed to hear that. It's just a, there's a totally different feeling all of a sudden on this thing. And I feel like the Lord has prepared the ground in this place, in this county, for a, a move of the Spirit of God. I'm not talking about just church growth. I'm talking about a move of the Spirit of God where the, the saints are mobilized like an army with the, the gospel proclamation on their lips, powered by ceaseless intercession, until when the gospel goes forth, those speedy seeds, you know, there's seeds that take a long time to, to produce, it's like the bamboo shoot. You know, you plant it, and years and years and years, it never moves, and then, bam, all in one year, it shoots up out of the ground. I feel like we're in that moment where that speedy time of, of uh, fruitfulness is upon us, and I just feel like there's a ripeness in the ground in this county that if the, if the saints will be intentional about sharing their faith, that God is going to bring about fruit in, a, in an exponentially quick way. I really feel that in my heart. I think we're in a moment of, of opportunity in the spirit. And so the, the fact of the matter is the gospel will bear fruit even if we're not in a divine moment, but add to that, I really sense that I'm having people share with me things that they feel like the Lord is saying about this. And it seems like there is an, a, a, a time right now where the Lord wants to release salvation, really release salvation. And so uh, the fruitfulness of the gospel, if we will share it, I believe the Lord is going to bring great fruit from it. Amen. All right, Roman numeral two. I put this back in. I went over this in detail in the second week of our, 
of our series, and I pulled from Paul and Peter and the, the details that they shared uh, when they shared the gospel and the scripture. And what I did was I put together these points, these 10 points of what it is to share the gospel. I'm not going to you know, read through every single one of them, but there is a simple explanation with scriptures on what I think from the Bible are the key points to the gospel. And so you can take this, look at those verses. Those are just, I mean, a couple verses per point. There's so many more verses to back up each one of those points. But this, if you'll just take a a few, you know, take an hour or, you know, two hours and study through these ideas and it will get clear in your mind. And that's the one thing that I've noticed with me. And I've been somebody that shared the gospel with the lost for a long time. But as I paid attention to the verses about the gospel and really looked at them and studied them out a little bit, all of a sudden, the message of the gospel began to get really clear in my mind. So that when I began to share it with the lost, it was just a very natural explanation of the story of the gospel. Very simple didn't, it, I didn't have to go off on all these tangents. I wasn't sort of trying to figure it out as I was saying it. It just got real clear. And so then as I began to share it, it was just super, super, super easy. And so I want to encourage you to, to uh, take a look at these 10 points. Look at the verses I put out with them. Take an hour. Read through those verses. Look at these points. And, and ask the Lord to clarify the message of the gospel in your own heart. So, you, so you're clear when you have the opportunity. Now, I want to explain this. This is a bit of a transition when I'm talking about our culture, talking about a lifestyle proclamation. This is a little bit of a, a transition for us. And here, it's, it's a transition from this standpoint. We've been intentional about building prayer and then organic about building so many other things. And what I mean by organic is just letting the thing grow and build by itself. It's not that we haven't shared the gospel with the lost to this point. We have. We've had many people go out, do outreaches annually. I mean, some in, at different times and seasons, weekly. We've had all sorts of different times where we've shared the gospel. What I'm saying the transition is, is this. Rather than it being that prayer is the key thing we're intentional about, let's add to it the proclamation of the gospel. Does that make sense? In the intentional preaching of the gospel with the lost, intentionally thinking, I am going to do this. I'm going to share my faith with the lost, just like we've been intentional about building prayer and coming to prayer meetings. And so from that standpoint, what I wanted to do was in Roman numeral three, I took those 10 points and I put it together in a dialogue. Somebody suggested to me, you should just give the standard thing you do when you talk to a lost person and just put it out there. I'm not saying anybody has to do it like this, but this is basically what I do. And I gave you whatever it is, three paragraphs. It takes me like two to three minutes to talk through these paragraphs. And this is how I share the gospel with somebody. And then as I go through these, these simple steps, it, the conversation goes all sorts of different ways. You just never know what the person's going to say. You might have an opportunity to pray for them. You might have an opportunity to talk to them about other issues of faith. You just never know. Uh, I've I've had it where I shared it with the guy, and they just go, cool. And there's just blank, and I go, okay, the Lord's going to blow that up sometime. I go, awesome, thanks for letting me share that with you. Anything I can pray for? They go, no, I'm good. I go, all right. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking, that guy's going to blow up sometime. This is fun. Then, on the other hand, I've shared this with people, and as I'm sharing it, I can feel the presence of God come. I watch their face get intense and focused. I've seen where they start, they get teary-eyed a little bit as I'm sharing just the simple gospel, and they're right there on the place of being able to be harvested for the kingdom. So I've seen this spectrum. Either way, I wanted to put in your hands just the simple thing that I do. This isn't the end-all, be-all this isn't the only way to do it. I'm not giving, this isn't even, in my opinion, that great. It's just simple and clear to me, and I can explain it to people in like two to three minutes. And so here's kind of how I do it. I didn't, I didn't put all the little conversational things that I say, but I say more, more than what's here conversationally, but I'll walk it through. 
So I'll, I'll, if I'm at that point where I'm getting ready to share the gospel with somebody, I'll probably say, so do you go to church? And they'll say yes or no. And I'll go, have you ever heard the gospel? And so now there's my bridge, I'm there. <laughs> and they'll say yes or no. And if they say yes, I go, well, do you mind if I just share it with you again? Sometimes things can get you know, blurry at church, it's kind of unclear. And they'll go, okay. And if they say no, I go, great, let me just share the gospel with you real fast. Let me just give it to you real clear, just two minutes. So I'm there. And I don't really give them a chance to tell me no. And so I'm smiling and happy. And I'm not forcing, but I'm just there. I'm about to tell this guy how to get saved. Because Jesus wants him. Not because I'm trying to be pushy. Because Jesus wants this guy. And so then I go, I go here's how the story works. God created man. The whole thing started with God creating man because he loved us. God loved man, so he wanted a relationship with him, and that's why he made you. He made you because he loved you and wants a relationship with you. But mankind rebelled against God. I go, you know the story, Adam and Eve in the garden and sin. I said, it's not just Adam, it's all of us. We've all sinned. We've all rebelled against God. We've all gone our own way. And the problem is sin is incredibly destructive. One sin, one sin is as if you committed all of them. And every person has committed at least one and many more than that. I know I did. I said, and then I'll say, and so all of us are doomed to destruction eternally because of sin. But God, not wanting to give us up, wanting to be in relationship with us, loving us so much, he wanted to come up with an answer for our sin. And so that's why Jesus comes. God becomes a man. God becomes a man because of love for relationship, and ultimately for this, so that God himself can take the penalty and the payment of our sin upon himself, paying for our sin through his own death so that we don't have to die. And I'll go, and that's why Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross to pay for you and for me. He traded his life for ours. He wanted relationship with us that bad. He loved us that much that he would die for our sin. And, I'll go, and then I'll say, but he didn't stay dead. God raised him from the dead and that proved forever to everybody that he was actually God in the flesh. Now here's where it goes. He offers anybody who will trade his life for theirs and their life for his, he offers all of the, anybody that'll do that forgiveness of sins. He will forgive your sin, completely cleanse you, and get in relationship with you. I said, but the offer is this, his life for yours. His life for yours. It's not some loose thing, not I go to such and such church. It's actually making Jesus your Lord. Actually giving him your life. And I'll say this, every person has to stand before the Lord. They're all going to be judged according to the way they live their life. Now here's the thing. If you stand before the Lord on your own merits, on your own good works, you don't have enough good works to pay for your sin. In fact, nobody does. There are no good works that you can do to cancel out your sin. There's only one thing that can take care of your sin. Jesus' death and resurrection. His perfect sacrifice pays for you perfectly. And his offer to you is his life for yours. His life for yours. Do you want to do that? Do you want to give him your life? That was about three minutes. And that's where I do. And from there, who knows where it goes. And I don't necessarily always take him to, do you want to give him your life right now? I just, I just you guys are like convicted, praise God. Anybody want to get saved right now? <laughs> I'll get saved right now. But uh, that's basically what I put down there for you. I explained that little story in detail. And as I share that with people, they, they'll, you know, they look at me and they'll open up and they'll talk. And, you know, they're just different, they, different responses. I remember one guy was talking to me and he was just saying, well, that's why I try to be a good person. And I just go, dude, being a good person isn't going to cut it. I said, you cannot be a good enough person to pay for your sin. I said, you, I, and I, I just go, listen, for real, listen. You do not want to stand before God telling him you are a good person. I, mean, I go, what if some guy murdered your mom 
and showed up in court and said, yeah, I did that. I mean, I did murder her, but I've been doing good things ever since then. I go, there's no way the judge is going to let you off. I said, I said, one sin is if you kill, is if you commit all of them. You do not want to stand before God on your own merits. And you, and you just see the light of revelation coming on people. But at the very least, if they don't, if they don't have that, that moment where they're, they're starting to feel the conviction of the Lord, you've planted the seed. You've planted it or watered it. And you can share it in like three minutes with care and with love and with truth and telling them that if they don't know the Lord Jesus, they will be destroyed. That's real stuff. And it's amazing how easy it is. And the Lord says he'll help us. He'll be with us when we share our faith. He said he'll, he'll uh, anoint us to do signs, wonders, and miracles, and that there's power on the word. And it's amazing to me how I can have a flippant conversation with somebody, go, hey, have you ever gone to church, or do you go to church, and then have you ever heard the gospel? And the next thing I know, I'm sharing this thing, and there's anointing and conviction on it. It's, it's really awesome and fun and so easy. And I want to go there with the Lord, because I want to see people born into the kingdom. Amen. So I gave you that. I, gave, I just give you the example. And, uh, and, and so I, one of the questions I ask people, and this might not be your style, uh, when I come to the end of it, I just go, so where are you with God right now? And in the South, everybody's saved. Well, you know, I just, when I was seven years old, man, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I go, so you're serving him hardcore right now, huh? You love him? I, I just, so you just love him? They go, well... I go, I don't know, man. You, you, you may want to really consider, did you give him your life? Am I communicating? Is this okay? Okay. Do we need to give an altar call now? Is that where we're at? Like, I'm having a hard time <laughs> figuring it all out right now. So, that's it. That's my simple gospel proclamation. And so when I say I shared it with however many people, that's what I'm sharing with them. And I'm just putting it out there. I'm stepping across the line. Yeah, I'm that freak that they warned you about. Yes, I'm that religious fanatic. Here I am, live and in color. You need to get saved. Here I am. God has clearly brought me into your life for this purpose. For such a time as this, here I am. No, I mean, it's just, I'm just, I'm done trying to be the incognito. I'm going to be cool and try to figure out how to get over there. And just done. I'm just, I just need to share the gospel with some people. Jesus loves them. They need to go, they need to, go to heaven and not go to hell. We're gonna, I'm gonna, after I share this, do this series on, on life together, we're going to do four weeks on hell. It's amazing to me that in Christian church, the issue of hell has become a question mark. It's like, so, you know, is there really, I'm like, is there really hell? You mean hell like what Jesus preached about more than he preached about heaven? Is that what you're asking me? Is it really there? We're going to take a four-week time and just break it down, go verse by verse. I'm going to explain it real clear. You're going to get it real clear, and then we're also going to get it convicted over how little we've thought about the eternal destiny of those that don't know the Lord. And I'm, ready. I'm, I'm, I'm already hanging on. I mean, it's, we're three months out, but I'm telling you, I know the Lord's going to come on that. Okay, back to our outline. So Roman numeral four, we're on our last lap here. This is what we shared last week, which I would encourage you, if, if, you, didn't, if, you, if you missed last week and you want to engage with this, uh, with, with you know, having a, a lifestyle of proclamation, go back and listen to last week. It's that important. We have got to land that our motivation for sharing the gospel is not to get another notch in our spiritual belt or, you know, try to make God happy or something. The motivation that we must carry for sharing the gospel is love. It's just love. And we've got to find the truth of God's love for us as expressed in the cross. And from that place, we recognize the truth of God's love for the lost. And from there we go, oh my gosh, he wants them. If you can recognize that he wants you, the next easy step is Oh my gosh, he wants them. No matter how dirty, no matter how messed up, no matter how arrogant, no matter what they're like, he wants them. He went to the cross with them in mind. They're part of the joy set before him. He desires them and wants them. 
And so it's from that place of, of the revelation of God's love, the compelling revelation of God's love is realized in the cross that our hearts are compelled as well. I need to just add this in and just reiterate it at this moment. When Jesus sees a lost person, he's not thinking, ooh, look at that person. They're so messed up. I mean, they're so this, 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 and this. Ugh, they really are going to hell. We think like that. (laughs) He doesn't. I mean, their sin is there. But when he sees a lost person, he sees harvest. He sees harvest. He sees someone that was a dream of his heart. From eternity past, he dreamed about them, and then their life became an actualization because of God's design, God's plan. He sees harvest. So I don't care how messed up they are. I don't care how intimidating it is. I don't care what the status of their life is. They are a good-looking harvest. And think like that. He says, look on the fields, they're white as harvest. They're white unto harvest. What was he talking about? He's talking about people. These people are harvest. The meth addict is harvest. The homosexual is harvest. The, the arrogant businessman who doesn't think he needs anybody, harvest. Just walk in there and go, hey, harvest dude. I'm like, what'd you just say to me? Have you ever heard the gospel? I mean, maybe not like that, but the point is they're harvest. It doesn't matter their status of life. You know what I'm saying? Old, young, religious, not religious, worshiping a false god, atheist, the harvest. Hardcore atheist dude who is totally like, Jesus goes, you're a good-looking harvest. You're a good-looking harvest. Paul described it this way. He said, the Lord showed his mercy to me. I was the worst of all sinners so that everyone else would have courage that if God can do it, For me, he can do it for anybody. Like that's Paul's description of himself, the chief of sinners. And Paul is writing scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit, so it's not a lie, it's true. Paul goes, I was the worst guy around, the worst. And the Lord did it to me so that we can all have courage that he can do it for anybody. He can do it for anybody, guys. And I know how we tend to judge. We look at people by their outward appearance and go, oh, I don't know if I can uh, share it with that guy. And the Lord's going, no, 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 don't look at him like that. He's harvest. He's a harvest. She's a harvest. Just share it with him. Put the bomb on him. Let me deal with it. Just step across the line. Be that Christian that his mother warned him about and then just go for it. Amen. So there it is. 2 Corinthians 5.14 The love of Christ controls us, it compels us, it constrains us. Those are the three different ways it's translated in the different versions, different popular versions. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. There it is. He died, and so we all died. He paid for all of our sins. It was just as if we died to pay for him, but we didn't. He did. He loved us that way. It's powerful truth. Powerful truth. So let love burn in your heart through the revelation of the cross. Let the cross become so clear in your mind and let that compel you. When you're sitting there in that moment of opportunity of sharing with somebody, go in your mind to the cross and come to the grips with this that Jesus thinks the cross was worth that person. All right, Roman numeral five. How does this apply to us at IHOP Atlanta? How does this apply to us? And this is where I want the rubber to meet the road for us. I'm not trying to shame. I'm not going to shame anybody. I don't motivate through shame. I want to motivate through revelation. I want the Lord to compel you. But this is marking a transition in our culture. We're adding to a culture of prayer, the lifestyle of proclamation, the lifestyle of proclamation. And so that's what I put there. We want to live a culture of prayer that births a lifestyle of proclamation and power. And the proclamation and power, as we learned, they go hand in hand. We preach the gospel, manifest the power of the kingdom. That's always supposed to be how it works. And so we want to be people who are intentional about prayer and as intentional about proclamation. And the way it's worked for us and my family is simply this. 
we did a few things, it were minor adjustments, and it's enabled us to engage continually in sharing the gospel. So there's basically two kinds of people that you're going to come in contact with. People that you may never see again, and people that you will likely see again, right? I mean, you're going to run into people in the grocery store and just different areas of life. You're just going to run into them. You may never see them again. To me, that's the, have you ever heard the gospel conversation? You know, you have the five-minute window with the person or the 10-minute window, and you just share it with them. That's what I'm, you know, when I'm giving you the, the simple story of the gospel, that's who I have in mind. And I'm sharing a lot with those folks, people that I, that I haven't, uh, you know, I've never met before, and, and then I may never see them again, but I've got a little window of time. To, to talk to them. And I don't cram it in. If they're hurrying, I don't go, wait a minute. I know you're trying to leave me. But I want to share. The, I, I, don't, I just let it go and I just pray for them. That's one of the ways we can engage in the gospels through prayer. And so I just do that. But if I've got an opportunity and we've got a few minutes, I'm going to share it. All right, so there's that. But the other kind of person is somebody you're going to see over and over and over. A neighbor, a coworker, a boss, a family member. And I want us to be as intentional about thinking, about sharing with a person that we may never see again, as we are with people that we'll see a lot. Intentional with family members, coworkers, bosses, employees, neighbors. And this is so easy. Because this way, you get to just saturate that person with prayer. And the tweak that we made was we just, in our family, each one of our family members, we all just picked somebody in our neighborhood, somebody in our life to just pray for. And I've got two little guys in our neighborhood that I am praying for like daily. I mean, I'm putting them before the Lord daily. And I'm asking the Lord to ready their heart and convict them even before I get to share the gospel with them. And I've been praying for these guys since January. Two little guys in our neighborhood doing all sorts of who knows what. And I am just after them in the spirit. And the Lord is after them in the spirit. I have such faith that when the opportunity comes for me to share, I feel feel the boldness. When the opportunity comes for me to share the gospel with these guys, I I am fully expecting the bomb to go off. Like, shabam. Because I've saturated them with six months of prayer. This is going to be the easiest gospel proclamation I've ever seen in my life. Because I've just continued to go after them in prayer. Well, our whole family, that's what we're doing. We're praying. We've all picked, my kids, my wife, we've all picked somebody in our lives and we just continue to pray for them with the idea that we're going to be able to share the gospel with them in a day ahead. And we're just being friendly with them until that opportunity comes. And so I would encourage you, pick a neighbor, pick a coworker, pick a family member, pick somebody in your life. Have everybody in your family do this. Pick somebody in your life and then call that person's name before the Lord, asking the Lord to release conviction, to ready their heart for the gospel, and to draw them to the Lord. And then in the meanwhile, be kind. Be kind to them. Serve them, bless them, whatever opportunity you have to to be a blessing in their life, just be kind. Just show love through, through just, you know, standard kindness. And I believe the Lord will make it clear to you when the time is to really engage with them. And, and keep your antenna up. Don't leave it out there for 10 years. You just don't know. You know, you just don't know what might happen. Keep your antenna up asking the Lord as you're interceding for that person, when is the time, Lord? When do you want me to share with them? And just keep it before the Lord. Keep the person before the Lord. I tell you, I believe we're going to see incredible fruit from that version of sharing the gospel. So I'm asking everybody to do it two ways. This is, I'm, I'm trying to clarify this, the, the intentionality of how we make a lifestyle proclamation. Two ways. One, with people you see through life, be ready to give an account of the hope that's stored up in you. Be ready to share the gospel. If you have a window of 10 minutes, be ready and then just pull the trigger. Be that Christian that the devil warned them about. Just be that one. <laughs> Step across the line and just go for it. Share the gospel in love and kindness. And then, so you have that. So you're sharing the gospel whenever the Lord gives you the opportunity. And then the other is to target people that don't know the Lord in prayer 
unto this that the Lord's gonna give you an opportunity to share the gospel with them when it's time. Does that make sense? So it's the intentional as you're walking through life sharing with people and then the intentional interceding for the lost that's in your life. Now here's what I'm thinking. It, 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 it plays out this way. Everybody just says, Lord, I'm going to intentionally share the gospel with two people a month. Two people a month. Hold up the number two. Is that a lot? Does that look like a ton? That's not that many, is it? That's few, isn't it? Do you know if our community, if everybody in our community will share the gospel with just two people a month, we'll have 12,000 gospel presentations one-on-one with people by the end of the year? 12,000. Now, just think about this. Can we draw 12,000 to a meeting right now? No. But if we just share with each of us, with two people a month, we'll share the gospel with 12,000 people a, a year from this community. That's if we don't add anybody. Now, we already know the gospel bears fruit and all that. The point isn't how big can we get the place. The point is let's engage with a priestly act to love Jesus by sharing our faith with the lost. Amen. Amen. Two people a month. And so what does that look like? It looks like this. You always have your antenna up, ready to share the gospel with people that you come in contact with. Pay attention to your timeline. Huh, we're getting down here to, you know, end of June. Huh, haven't really had an opportunity to share with anybody this month. Well, what do you do? You go to the park. You go to the grocery store. I, I like some, some of our staff, they like to go to Walmart and they go into the uh, pharmacy area. You find sick people. <laughs> just, just add this to your life as something you're going to do intentionally as an act of worship. Just do it. Just do it. So we engage intentionally. You know what I've found? I've had this in my mind the last three months. Okay, if I don't, if I don't come across anybody that I share the gospel with, I'm really going to just have to go out to the park and just start grabbing a couple people and maybe be awkward, but I'm going to do it. You know what I've found? I've not even come close to sharing the gospel with two people a month. I'm sharing the gospel with like 10 people a month just because it's on my mind. It's, it's just become e- so easy. I just, I just believe this. Most of you, if you'll get intentional with sharing the gospel, you won't, you won't be able to hold yourself to two people a month. You're like, this is fun. You know what I found? I share the gospel with people and my heart begins to burn for them in prayer. And I'm praying for guys and I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share the gospel with them and then I'll be carrying them for a week or two in prayer. Who knows who else is even praying for that guy? Can you think about this? Think about how healthy that's gonna make us in terms of just our expression of Jesus in our lives, sharing his heart with the lost, flowing from a place of prayer to a lifestyle of proclamation, doing those together. Beloved, I believe this is something the Lord wants us to do. So pick somebody and pray for them. Have everybody in your family do it unto sharing the gospel with them. Serve them and bless them and then look for the opportunity to share the gospel with them. And then intentionally share the gospel with two people a month. That's what I'm asking everybody to do. And here's the thing. D, something else we're going to do is we're going to add in to our regular flow evangelism Sundays where we're going to tailor the service to just be a gospel presentation, call people to salvation. So we will work it out that on certain weeks... We'll know all ahead of time, but those are the weeks that I'm asking you to bring the lost, to bring the family member or the, the friend, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll cater the message to be a gospel proclamation to call people to salvation. Now, somebody said, well, are we going to tone things down and try to make it you know, more seeker sensitive? No. No. I believe the seeker is God. He is seeking and saving the lost. Amen? So the Holy Spirit to me is the greatest drawer of human hearts. So we will do our normal. We will do our worship. We will do our announcements. We will do 
our offering and we'll preach a gospel message. If the Lord breaks in with healing, words of knowledge, if it turns into Holy Ghost Bedlam, so be it. Uh, you know, we're not going to pull that back. We're just going to do what we do. Amen. And just trust the Lord to drop the bomb on people. Amen. And so, but you can know that on certain Sundays, and, and I'm, I'm open, like we'll, we'll do uh, calls for salvation uh, in between, but on certain Sundays, that's what's going to be the point. We are going to go with an arrow of, of a message that's geared to pierce somebody's heart to bring them to salvation. Does that make sense? Our first one, August 19th. That's our first one. And we're going to do it. We're going to have an evangelism Sunday. And I just want to encourage you, just begin praying and see if there's somebody the Lord would put on your heart to invite. And let's just, all, let's do this as a spiritual family. Let's do this as a community. Let's share the gospel with people as a ministry to Jesus' heart. Amen. All right. I want to remind you, the last verse, it's Romans 15. Just turn over there. Audrey, you're so awesome. The New King James, I shared the New King James with you in the, in the morning service last week, and it wasn't as clear as the New International and, and, the, uh, and the New American Standard. But it's that, that Romans 15, uh, verse uh, 15 and 16. So, here it is, NIV, and I wish I would have had the NIV up last week, it would have made it more clear, but I've written you quite boldly on some points as if to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me. Let's go verse 16. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, look at that, with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God. The priestly duty, proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. This is our portion. As priests unto God, to worship Him, to pray, to be before Him, and to share the gospel with the lost as part of our priestly duty. This is who we are to be. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand. If you're, if you're visiting and you're not a part of this community, hey, God bless you. I hope this blessed you this morning. I, I don't expect you to respond or anything at all. Uh, just hope this ministered to you. Um, and if you want to respond, great. But if you're a part of this community, I, I'm asking you to really hold this before the Lord and, and engage with these thoughts. So I want to I pray together. I want to I ask the Lord together to give us the grace to transition into not just a culture of prayer, but a culture of prayer with a lifestyle of proclamation. A lifestyle of proclamation. Amen? Good. If you want to respond to that, I want to invite you forward because I want to pray together over these issues. So you can just come now. Come Holy Spirit. This is who we want to be. So we're just engaging our heart together with the Lord, asking the Lord to give us grace, courage, faith, to step into this as a lifestyle, culture of prayer and a lifestyle of proclamation. So come, Holy Spirit, right now. Right now. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. We hear your invitation to share our faith, to share the gospel with the lost. So I'm praying right now for each of us to engage in that priestly service. Lord, I ask, give us incredible divine appointments. Just, I mean, amazing divine appointments where we're just amazed at your hand of leadership on our lives. God, I pray for courage in the moment. It's easy right now to say yes, but oh, it gets so weird when we're right there with that person and it can be intimidating. Lord, I'm asking right now, courage in the moment. I pray we'd have a vision of the cross, the compelling agent of love on our hearts. Lord, I ask for clarity 
Let clarity rest on our minds, what it looks like to share the gospel. Lord, I pray from a culture of prayer, it would birth a lifestyle of proclamation and power. A lifestyle of proclamation and power that we can offer a priestly duty to you, sharing our faith with the lost and offering people getting born again to you. So right now, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Rest on us right now. Just take a moment. Let's just worship the Lord. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit.